Well, we are starting a new sermon series today called You Are Not Your Own. I do want to point you back to the series that we just had drawn near. And, you know, hopefully the messages were, were pretty good in that series. But more than that, go back and watch those NEPC story videos. Share those with your friends. We had four amazing testimonies from this church, and I would love for us to be sharing those uh, watching those again. We're so grateful for that series. But we're starting a new series this week, a, a series on stewardship. And, you know, when we hear the word stewardship, I know that for many Christians, the first word that comes to mind is money. And, you know, it's challenging because there's so much bad teaching out there under the name of Jesus about money there's so many preachers and frankly hucksters out there who are saying just give and God's going to give it back to you a hundredfold. But we can't let that prevent us from studying a very important part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, this concept of stewardship. And we won't even get to the topic of money until the end of the series because stewardship is so much bigger than money. But where, where we are going to be this morning is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, just two verses at the end of this chapter where the Apostle Paul says these words. This is the word of God. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Three points this morning. What is our mindset? Who do we belong to? And how is this liberating? Let's ask for the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, we are people who have been purchased. Purchased with something more valuable than all the money in all the kingdoms and in all the bank accounts of the world, the precious blood of your own son, the Lord Jesus. And therefore, we are not our own. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us what it means to belong to God and not to ourselves that you would be glorified more and more in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, what is our mindset? Here's what I mean by that question. What is our mindset? Do we have an ownership mindset or a stewardship mindset when it comes to our lives? Now, I would argue that if you grow up in this country, you just by default, have an ownership mentality when it comes to your lives. Now, let's distinguish what we mean here. Ownership is a good thing. It is a good thing that this is a country that encourages and enables and protects ownership. Some of my favorite words outside of the scripture is the Declaration of Independence, which says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, and of course women too, are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, right, unalienable rights and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit 
of happiness. When this country was founded, it was founded by many, not by all, of course. There was slavery, and we know the black mark that that was on our founding, but those who came here free were seeking political and religious freedom. And that is rooted in the Bible, where we know that we are made in God's image, and therefore we do have certain rights. Where we want to focus on the story, though, is what has happened since the founding of the country, and what is, where is the culture shifted toward? And you can read, many, many people will make this argument, and I think it's really proven, that what has happened in America and in the West more broadly is that we have moved from political freedom, and, which is a good thing, to a hyper-expression of personal freedom, okay? Which is, can be summarized in sayings, like, in sayings like, live your truth, just live your truth. Whatever your truth is, you live it out. We are now living in a culture that says the single most important thing about you is you expressing your identity. Some have called it expressive individualism. Let me read, it's a little bit of a longer quote, but this is a really profound quote by a professor named Alan Noble who wrote a book called You Are Not Your Own. And I want you to read this quote so that you can see the moment that we're living in. Noble says this, and I quote, to be your own and to belong to yourself means that the most fundamental truth about existence is that you are responsible for your existence and everything it entails. I am responsible for living a life of purpose, of defining my identity, of interpreting meaningful events, of choosing my values, of electing where I belong. If I belong to myself, then I am the only one who can set limits on who I am or what I can do. No one else has the right to define me, to choose my journey in life, or to assure me that I am okay. I belong to myself. But the freedom of sovereign individualism comes at a great price. Once I am liberated from all social, moral, natural, and religious values, I become responsible for the meaning of my own life. With no God to judge or justify me, I have to be my own judge and redeemer. This burden manifests as a desperate need to justify our lives through identity crafting and expression. Here's what he's saying. He's saying right now in this country, and it's actually true in all of the West, across the Western world, the default understanding is that you belong to yourself. You know, on your phone, your phone has an operating system, right? If you have an iPhone, it runs on iOS. You never think about the operating system on your phone or your computer. You just, you just click on the apps, you check the scores, you check the news. But what's making all of that work? It's an operating system. There's an old joke that uh, there were two fish that were swimming along in the ocean, just, you know, moving from one part of the ocean to the other. And one fish, the one fish said to the other fish, so what do you think of the water? And the fish looked back and said, what water? Because if you're a fish, 
you don't think that you're swimming in water. It's just all you know. It's just there. It's just the background. This is the background that we live in. Self-ownership, self-belonging is the air that we breathe. Expressive individualism is how you could call it. And actually, if you understand this broader framework, then the LGBTQ movement is a completely natural trajectory that we are on. It actually makes complete sense, which perhaps might give us as Christians a bit more compassion and understanding even as we stand on what the Word of God says. Expressive individualism and the belief that we belong to ourselves is the air that we breathe. Now, next question. Who do we belong to? This is the beauty of our passage today. The Apostle Paul gives us these words. He says, your body's a temple. And he could, he could have used a lot of different uh, arguments to make that point. He says, but he says, your body's a temple. You're filled with God. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's why. It's because you don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. You are not your own. Why am I not my own, Paul? Because Jesus bought you. He sets you free from what we think is the freedom to own ourselves, but actually to belong to God. This is why the Heidelberg Catechism, these words are so sweet. You know, that, you know catechisms, you know, so many of them, they were originally written so that parents and grandparents could get the faith in the next generation in an understandable way. So what were the Heidelberg people thinking with the very first question? They're thinking, well, what's, what is going to sustain a person in life? And did you notice? And in death. Because expressive individualism has no answer for death. If you really are responsible for yourself, what about when you die? And, and the answer is that beautiful statement. What's your only hope? It's that you are not your own but that you and I belong to Jesus. As the catechism says, I'll just read the answer, that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in both life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for my sins with his precious blood. Christian, we've got to believe this. We've got to understand this. We've got to recognize that all around us, our, our culture, our world is saying, you belong to yourself, you belong to yourself, you belong to yourself, do whatever you want. And God says, you don't belong to yourself, you belong to me. Now, let's ask this question. How is that liberating for us? Because when we naturally think about belonging to someone else, we think that means that there's no freedom. In fact, the word that Paul uses here, you've been bought, that's the, the imagery is from the marketplace, and it's even of, of purchasing a slave. God has purchased you, Christian. You now fully belong to him. Well, how is that freeing for us? That seems like that would put us into bondage. I want you to listen to one more quote by Alan Noble the same author about expressive individualism. He says this, everyone in our culture today 
is on their own private journey of self-discovery and self-expression. So that at times, modern life feels like billions of people in the same room shouting their own name so that everyone else knows they exist and who they are. Does it ever feel like that to you? Look, look at me. Here, here I am. I need you to, to tell me I'm special. I need, to, I need you to affirm who I am. And so the lie that our culture is selling to us, it's selling to our kids, it's selling to everyone around us, is that if you belong to yourself, then you'll really be free. You'll be able to do whatever you want. You'll be able to create your own meaning. But God says to us, my child, son or daughter, if you're listening to the message today, you were never meant to live that way. You were never meant to own your own life, to give meaning to your own life, to justify your own life, to give purpose to your own life, to find freedom in your own life. You were never meant for that. And it's actually a crushing weight and it's actually an exhausting task to every day wake up and say, okay, it's up to me. I'm going to make my life have meaning. I'm going to make my life have purpose. I get to do whatever I want. It feels like freedom, but it's actually true slavery. Let me highlight four things as we jump into this sermon series, four things that we can embrace as we move from being, having an ownership mindset to having a stewardship mindset. Because again, this ownership mindset it's put so deeply in our minds. Here's the first one. If we have a stewardship mindset, this is what it means. If we don't belong to ourselves, but to our triune God, then he also owns everything else we have. Do you understand that? I mean, if God, if God owns me, if, if he gets to define my purpose, my meaning, why I exist, then of course he owns my stuff. I mean, if God owns the house, he owns the coffee table on the inside too. He owns the toaster. If God owns us, the most significant thing about us, if our being belongs to him, well, then of course everything else that we have belongs to him. There's a verse that's been chasing me for years. I can't forget it and actually love it. God, I, I came across it, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I can't forget it. It's like God won't let me forget it. And it's 1 Corinthians 4, 7, where the Apostle Paul asks a rhetorical question. And here's his question. He says, what do you have that you did not receive? I'll say it again. The Apostle Paul, talking to Christians, says, what do you have that you did not receive? His answer is nothing. Everything that we have, friends, is from God. He owns it all. If we don't belong to ourselves, but to our triune God, then he owns everything else that we have. It's just, it's just natural. It flows. It's logical. Number two, if God owns everything we have, then we see that we are stewards and not owners of what we possess. In fact, everything good in our lives is a gift from God. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect thing 
comes down from the Father. It's all from Him. Don't you know you've been given it? Your health, your possessions, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your extended family, your home, your business, your influence. You've been given it from God. He is the giver of every good thing. Everything good is from Him. Number three, if everything I am and have belongs to God, then I can trust Him with everything. I mean, if I belong to Him and I have this comfort in life and in death, then I can trust Him. I can say, God, whatever happens, if it all belongs to you, then you've got to have a good plan for it. And number four, if everything is a gift from God, then I am free to enjoy His gifts without expecting His gifts gifts to give my life meaning and purpose. This is huge. This is huge. Because actually the people that think they own themselves, so many of them are actually owned by their own stuff. Have you ever been around someone like that? They have so much and, and, and they, they've been, they have so much money, they have this, they have that, but actually they can't enjoy it because they're looking to that thing to give them something that it can never give them. I still remember I had a friend, an elder friend in New Jersey, and he was such a generous, loving man of God. And one day we would go out for lunch and one day I met him, I met him for lunch and um, he pulled up in this beautiful SUV and it was the most, you know, incredible car in the world. And, um, and he was a generous man. I, I'm sure this guy gave so much to the kingdom and so much to the Lord. And, and the Lord had blessed him. And so he'd been able to get this car. And I met him for lunch and he said, Josh, do you want to take it for a spin? And I said, I don't think you want me to take it for a spin. Because what if I, you know, back up into the pole? Or what if I, you know, heaven forbid, something else happens? And he said, you know, it's just a car. Just take it out. And, um, you know, it's got these different drive modes and, and you can have a good time. And so we went out on the road and I think the Lord was okay with me going just a few miles above the speed limit that day. I think I said, Lord, if there was ever a time, it's okay. For these next few minutes, I was very safe. But I took that car out and I enjoyed driving it. But, the, but this guy, I could tell, this wasn't his life. He wasn't so wrapped up in this car because he knew everything was a gift. And I also found out later it was a lease. That was the other thing. So <laughs> I was I, serious. Okay, it's a lease. You're going to turn it in after three years. No wonder you don't care if I trash it. But, but this man, he... He really embodied, for he's an elder at my church, he embodied a giving mindset. Friends, if we really believe this, it has to change our lives. It has to change our lives. If it, if it doesn't change our lives, then we know it here, but it hasn't gone down here. Because we belong to God. What we have belongs to God. And in Jesus, we are free to enjoy those things because God, they're from you. They're your gift. And we're free to not cling to those things. We're free to be generous 
with those things. Let me preach the gospel to you, friends, for just a moment. The gospel is the message that Jesus has paid the price to bring us back from bring us back from under the lordship of self belonging to the lordship of God. Jesus has literally purchased us with his own blood so as the scriptures say we are now his precious possession. We've been free. We're doubly his. We're first of all his because he created us and everybody belongs to him because he created them. But the story of sin is the story of saying, God, I'm rebelling against you. And instead of living under your lordship, I'm going to live under myself, self-ownership, self-belonging. And the gospel is a message that God has freed us from that. He's purchased us back. Christians are people who have a label on us. We've got a name tag on us. It says God's kid. It says property of the most high. It says bought with the blood. You've got a name tag on you, Christian. You've got a label on you, and it's not your own brand. I know Tommy Hilfiger has his own brand. I know Ralph Lauren has his own brand. I know Michael Kors has his own brand. But God says to all of us here today, stop trying to build your own brand. You you belong to me. You don't belong to yourself. You're under my brand now. Because when you believe in Jesus, you are freed from trying to build your own brand, build your own identity, build your own purpose. And now God looks at you and he says, this one belongs to me. Hands off, devil. Hands off, world. I've paid for this one with the precious blood of my son. And nothing is going to take that label off of my child whom I love. This one belongs to me, bought with the blood. If we can embrace it, it will change us. Stewardship is money is just one little thing. God, you own it all. Some of you here today, you aren't sure about everything about Christianity. Some of you on the live stream, maybe there's some things you're not sure about. Some of you have doubts that you keep to yourself. I know that. But today you hear, you hear this word and you say, this makes sense to me. It doesn't always make sense to me when someone says you're a sinner. But this makes sense to me that my efforts to discover my own meaning, to justify my own existing existence in this world is utterly exhausting, unending, and unsatisfying. And God would say to you today, you are not alone. That's what every person apart from Jesus is waking up saying every day, how can I justify my life how can I give it meaning? How can I give it purpose? And how can I get affirmation from others that I'm doing that? Well, here's Jesus. He's reaching out to you today. He's saying, let go of that. Stop trying to build. It's just the Tower of Babel all over again. Stop trying to build that tower. Just reach out to me. Repent of your self-ownership, self-belonging project. 
Repent of your sin. Own it. Own your pride. I had a friend in seminary who used to say that sin is trying to do life without God. Now, sin is more than that, but I think that captures a really important dimension of sin. Sin is trying to do life without God. So to embrace Jesus is to own that you've tried to do life without God. You've broken his law. You've turned from his voice. You've rebelled from him. And now you can own that and say, I turn my eyes upon Jesus and I look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth go strangely dim. The light of his glorious grace. Lord, I am so ready to be free of this deal of trying to be my own king. I am so ready to find the freedom of living under your love your lordship, your embrace. Instead of running, and it's, it's so exhausting. You know, the phrase, the rat race, it really is fitting. So many are on that race. God says, stop running. Just run into my arms. Receive my love. Receive my grace. Embrace the truth that you do not belong to yourself. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. And that's why we can say, with hearts filled with faith, peace, contentment, what is your only comfort in life and death, Christian? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great deliverance from our self-ownership project. Show us the freedom of the children of God, that we don't belong to ourselves, we belong to you, and what that means for our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.